Jesus pushed back from the table and got up. He got up from a very messy table. You know what messy tables are like after a celebration, a meal with family. Nothing looks quite the way it does when it starts. Somebody spilled something, there are crumbs all over the table. Gravy stain here or there, the utensils are disheveled, the cups are all different kinds of places. Well, that was the table. It was a messy table that Jesus got up from. The meal wasn't quite yet finished yet, so there was still a little clanging of plates and cups. It was unusual for somebody to get up in the midst of the table, midst of the meal, but Jesus did unusual things. The table was messy in part because, well, the servants had already gone. Normally the servants might have been there and they would have tidied up the table a bit, but you didn't intrude in this meal. This was not a formal banquet meal. This wasn't a formal evening meal. This was a Passover meal. And while it's filled with ritual and responsibility, it is also a family celebration done in the home, not in the temple, not in the synagogue, but done at the house, at the home, with family and dear friends. Jesus had his family with him, his disciples, his friends. The servants were long gone. They wouldn't have been invited to be there to celebrate that because they would have been intruding. And beside that, it was the Passover. The servants were home doing the Passover meal with their own families. And so there was a messy table. It's not something to be ashamed at. It just is the reality of that evening, that last supper. It was a messy table because they were in the midst of fellowship and celebration, worship and understanding. And so Jesus pushes back from the table and he gets up and he goes over to the front door of the upper room and there he takes off his outer garment. Takes off his outer garment and by that point, not only had they noticed that he'd pushed back and gone up from the table to the front door, but now the conversation had begun to stop. Because Jesus was doing something, and the disciples were trained after three years when Jesus did something, even if it looked unusual or felt out of place, they stopped whatever they were doing, and they watched. So he took off his outer garment, and he folded it up, and then he reached down where the servants had laid the towels and where the servants had the bowl and the basin that had greeted them when they'd come into the upper room, where the servants had washed their feet and had taken the towel and cleaned their feet and brought them into the upper room to greet them and to allow them to celebrate. Jesus now suddenly picked up one of the towels that the servants hadn't used and picked up the bowl and the water that was there, and suddenly he began to walk around the table, one after another. It was easy to get to their feet. They weren't really sitting at a table. They were lying. Their feet were already out on the side, so Jesus didn't have any problem getting to the feet. And so he started. Andrew, Bartholomew, Matthew, Peter. Suddenly Peter gets very upset at all of this. And suddenly Peter, in the midst of a very messy table, is worried about everything being clean. Uh, you got to love Peter. you got to love Peter. He always knew when to throw in the wrong thing at the wrong time.
Jesus washed their feet. All of their feet. Twelve pairs of feet. Not eleven. Twelve. Jesus didn't stop when he got to Judas Iscariot. He knelt down, looked him in the eye, and washed his feet with just as much love and care as he had done with Peter and James and John. And when he was finished with this, he went back and he took off the towel, put back the basin, put his outer cloak back on, went back to the table, which is now silent. They're staring because none of them understand what this means. And Jesus, ever the obvious question that needed to be asked, looks at them and says, do you know what I have done? And the simple answer is, they didn't have a clue. The true answer is, neither do we. Are you as shocked by the fact that Jesus washed Judas's feet as I am? You imagine the strength of character and courage, the depth of love and spirit that you have to have to wash the feet of the man who is about to be the instrument of your death and to do it without flinching and to do it without making a spectacle of him in the place of others. I'm astounded that Jesus could wash Judas's feet. Of course, I imagine it took a little bit to wash Peter's feet. He'd objected. Jesus was about to tell him that he was going to deny him three times. He looked around at the other ten, and they were all going to run away, and Jesus knew it all. Can you imagine the depth of love it takes to wash the feet of twelve men who are about to do everything they can to abandon you and turn you out so that you have to go to a cross and that you have to die and that you have to suffer and you have to be buried, and it's all because they won't act and they won't do, and yet you're going to kneel and say, I serve you, I love you, you, I care about you, you are my own. That's a depth of love we don't always understand. Sometimes I think we ought to serve communion from a messy table. Because last time I checked, around that table, there were a lot of messy people. And the last time I checked, when we gather for communion and invite the congregation to come, well, you can finish the sentence. That's the depth of love that is inherent in this table. Don't separate it from the washing of feet because Jesus served them not just a cup and bread, but he served them with his heart and life. And when I say he served them with his life, I mean that he served them with his life. That's what communion is. You see, communion tables are not supposed to be pristine. I asked them to mess this table up. They couldn't. 
There's something about us that just reacts against the idea of a communion table being messy because every communion committee at every church that you have wants it to be pristine and clean and perfect and ironed and spotless. And the problem with that is that every communion linen that you have is already stained with the blood that was put on the doorposts over the house of the Israelites in Egypt. Every communion cloth that you use has the spittle from the man whose eyes were healed by the concoction of spittle and mud that Jesus put on his eyes. Every communion table you have is spilled with the blood of the juice of the grape and the fellowship and the joy and the pain and the agony that that all represents. Every communion cloth that you have has a smudge of dirt on it from where they rolled away the stone and Jesus came out. It's never a pristine place at the table. It's a messy table because it was a messy story and it's a painful story and it's a joyful story. And who does it get offered to? <laughs> messy people. So when you come to take communion, don't come because it's a clean, very formal, very holy process. It is. But come with the knowledge that you can't take communion if you're not willing to do what Jesus did, and that is to love the people that don't love you. Yeah, you know, Jesus was serious about that love your enemies thing. He really was. And then he proved it at the Last Supper when he washed feet. See, John doesn't tell us about communion. Or maybe he does because Jesus, after all, did take a piece of bread and he did dip it and he offered it to Judas. Maybe the last act between Judas and Jesus before Judas betrays him is Jesus taking a piece of bread, something left over on the table, tearing it, grabbing a piece, dipping it in something and said, here Judas, whatever thou doest, do it quickly. That's communion. You see, we take communion not in pristine settings, but in the midst of everyday life, in all of the ups and downs, all of the difficulties of it. We don't come to clean tables. We come with needs and hurts and pains and struggles. And this messy table says, God's going to take care. of the mess that you have in your lives if you'll give him a chance and that God doesn't mind at all if coming to the table today are a few Judases and a couple of Peters. He'll offer you the same bread, the same cup, the same grace if you'll receive it, and the same strength of the Holy Spirit to go from this place. Oh, I know. 
it's a messy table and we didn't do the right liturgy and we didn't do it according to the way we're supposed to do it or maybe we are maybe we're doing it the way it ought to be done because we bring the mess of our lives to a God who doesn't mind being in a place where feet need to be washed and where lives need to be changed. This is the story of the Last Supper, and this is the word of the Lord to us.